0: It's time for JT the Brick.
1: JT. Woo! Hey, girls. How are you? Wow. I can go in 10 different directions today.
2: Getting to know Raider Nation the way that you see them now, it's just
3: different. JT the Brick.
1: I think it's so important, especially for this new generation of Raider fans. Now we got something. Now we got some guys out of the tub, out of the training room, doing what they needed to do. It calms down the energy of the Raider Nation and saying, man... A lot of guys have been missing for a while. Where are they? And now they're back. This is this is what the Raiders are all about.
0: And now, here's
4: JT the Brick.
1: Welcome back, everybody. It's hour number two of the show. One here, JT, inside the Raider team facility, the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. And a huge hour. i got two insiders, Vince Sapienza next, along with Vic Tafer. They're all going to join us here in the next 20 minutes or so. And then we cleared out the bottom of the hour for the GM, Dave Ziegler, who's going to be kind enough to join us after Raiders practice. So I also interviewed the head coach today, Josh McDaniels. We'll hear that tomorrow. As the Raiders are in a big spot here, one and four, and they need a win. And they need a win in a big way, and it's got to happen against a very good coach team, a solid coach team when it comes to NFL. They play smash mouth, in your face, they're not gimmicky. And that's what the coach told me. You'll hear that tomorrow. Paul Gutierrez three minutes ago. No sign of Hunter Renfro at practice today. So that just came down from Paul Gutierrez. So we'll see what happens when Vic joins us here coming up here, and we'll talk about who was at practice and who wasn't at practice as the open session is going on now. He covers the NFL with the Raiders, the NHL with the Golden Knights, UNLV. He's a man about town. Vince Appienza joins us from Fox 5. Vince, before we get to the Raiders, let's start off with VGK. A Quick, good start. They drop one in Calgary. I think everyone in the organization, I saw Kerry Bullbolts last night, everyone's got to be pretty happy about the start and getting some wins going. How do you, what do you hear?
0: Yeah, so being with the team in Los Angeles last week for that season opener, there was a palpable intensity with the team that this really is a something of a season-to-prove type, uh, type year, and I think they did that in their season opener. Uh, I, I really like what Bruce Cassidy is doing with his team, the fingerprints he's putting uh, on this group. Uh, you can see it in, in small but slow doses in terms of how he wants them to play and the way they're building up to it. Uh, obviously their last game in Calgary, you know, you spend more than 10 minutes uh, in the box in a single period. Things aren't going to go your way very well. They set a franchise record with six penalties in that second, and that proved to be their downfall. They didn't have the legs in the third. And uh, so that was their first loss. That being said, spirits were good today at practice. Uh, I spoke with Bill Foley for about 30 minutes, 45 minutes yesterday. And he says this is the best group. This is the best team they've ever assembled in the team's history. Uh, He says he really likes what Bruce is doing. He says he's a happy medium between of what Gerard Gallant was and what Pete DeBoer was uh, on their first uh, two head coaches. And in terms of the outlook, it's, uh, it's once again, cup or bust for this team. Bill Foley said it six years ago that uh, playoffs in three cup in six, and he's sticking to it that he wants a Stanley cup here in year six. And uh, you got to like the aggressiveness. And he says they will continue to stay aggressive as the season unfolds. But so far, They like what they're seeing, and so far uh, they're staying healthy, which is something they couldn't do two games into the year last year.
1: Yeah, he's a five-time Emmy Award winner, Vince Sapienza Fox 5 here in Vegas. That deserves a follow-up. That's kind of exclusive there, what you're telling us here about Mr. Foley, talking about the best team, the best roster without Marc-Andre Florey, without Robin Leonard. Uh, They got a lot of salary on defense. They got snipers and all of that. That is a bold statement, but I like what you're saying here, Vince, because he did talk about the cup in six years, and he's not backing down. No excuses from the owner.
0: Yeah, I asked him point blank. I said, you know, a lot of people laughed at you six years ago when you came out with that statement. He says, yeah, they're still laughing. I can't wait to prove it this year. He's standing by that statement of, of Cup and Six, and, and he said it multiple times during our conversation. He truly believes this is the best-built team they have had in the franchise's history, and that, that's saying something. When, when you look, as you pointed out, no Marc-Andre Fleury, Robin Leonard's out for the season. One of the big question marks heading into this year for the Golden Knights was their goaltending, and so far, we're only four games into it, but mm-hmm. so far, goaltending has been a real strength of this team. Logan Thompson is proving that last year was not a fluke. Uh, Aiden Hill looks like a more than capable backup. He's going to get the start tonight against Winnipeg. But uh, uh, Bill Foley is, is standing to his gun saying that he wants to bring a Stanley Cup uh, to the city of Las Vegas, and he believes the group that they've assembled they can do that this year. Now, there's going to be some tinkering along the way. They're going to need some good fortune in terms of health, something they did not get last year. But he believes that this is it. And, you know, talking with him, he, it, this isn't just, you know, coach mm-hmm. speak or owner speak saying, you know, we're, we're trying to win a championship every year. He believes that they've done everything that they can possibly do to put a winner out on the ice. And now it's a matter of, of the guys in gold getting it, getting it done.
1: Vince Sapienza, Fox 5. Let's move to the writers. We just found out that Hunter Renfro is not out of practice today, and we'll wait to f- find out what happened there. But the health of this team has really been an issue now that Nate Hobbs is on short-term IR. Uh, you covered training camp in the preseason very closely, and you know what Hobbs can do when healthy here. How big of a loss is
0: that? Well, it's massive. Uh, I don't care who the team you're playing. I mean, Nate Hobbs is, is a bona fide star in this league, and, and losing – a star player at any point on your roster is a massive, massive loss. So the Raiders are going to – they have got to answer a lot of questions specifically on defense. Obviously, losing Hunter Renfro is not great, but you you would like to think that there's still enough offensive firepower regardless of his status come Sunday that this offense can do what it needs to do against the Houston Texans. I know Derek Carr said it's the fastest defense he's he's ever seen. That being said – This offense against that defense, it it should still be advantage Las Vegas. Uh, But to your point, losing Nate Hobbs, Patrick Graham's going to have to get real, real creative on on defense. And, you know, it's going to be something, you know, we've we've kind of seen all year. It's going to have to be defense by committee. Different guys are going to have to step up in in different roles. Guys are going to be moved around a lot, I suspect. Come Sunday, in 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 different positions than maybe they've been used to the first five six weeks of the season, but there's definitely no denying that losing Nate Hobbs is a is a big blow for the Raiders. But I think it's one that they can cushion with some creativity from Patrick Graham and and some different guys, um, you know, showing up.
1: Wrapping it up with Vince Sapienza, Fox Five. It's interesting this this direction of this team going forward on what they're going to be, how they're going to evolve. And I'm a guy, I'm going down. I'm going down with the passing team. I want I want this offense to be what it was supposed to be when Devontae had his first press conference. I want to see this thing electric, explosive, up top, bombs away, Waller cutting underneath, crossing routes with Renfro. I want to see the explosion that we haven't seen. We've seen some glimmers of that with Devontae, no doubt about it, with Hunter's injury being concussed. And what's going on with Waller and his hamstring. Mac Collins had a big catch, and big game against Tennessee. But we're still waiting, Vince. But now this running game is legit. And if you run it, you slow the game down, you use the clock, and you don't run away from teams. What's the identity of the
0: Raiders to you, passing or ground chuck, ground game? Well, I think the identity of the team right now is a ground game. I mean, that, that's where they found their most consistent success offensively. is When Josh Jacobs is going – This offense is going, and I think, you know, we hear the the phrase complimentary football all the time, right? We we hear it from players. We hear it from coaches. But in terms of this Josh McDaniels offense and this team, in terms of the success, it has to be complimentary. The only way you're going to get that air raid explosive offense, Devontae Adams going 200-plus yards and all these long-bomb-type TDs, you're either going to be trailing from behind and trying to play catch-up, which – well, in effect, you'll have to be a passing offense, or if you get this ground game going, keep it consistent with Josh Jacobs. He doesn't have to run for a buck fifty, a buck forty every single timeout, but if you can keep him consistent, keep that threat there, then that Devonte Adams long ball is going to be there. Then the explosive passing offense is going to be there. Now, obviously, losing guys like Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, that's going to hinder what you do, but you still, as long as you have a healthy Devonte Adams, you still have a number one wide receiver in the NFL at your disposal, and you need to use him as such. So I I think you can have it both. I think the identity right now in terms of a successful offense is the running game and then getting it to Devante as much as you can. But I think as this offense evolves and as you grow consistently with the run game, get guys healthy and Derek starts spreading it out a little bit more, then all of a sudden you become the dangerous offense that we all thought this was going to be in training camp. I don't think many of us thought that it was going to be Derek Carr throwing for 500 yards every single day, Mm -hmm. every single Sunday, but I think we're still slowly getting to the point where where we can see Derek and Devontae consistently attacking defenses in a way that is successful for the offense, not just the numbers. So, Vince, if I got this
1: right, the world champs, Stanley Cup champs, Colorado in on Saturday night, the Raiders on Sunday, Charles Woodson in town for his golf tournament, the first one at TPC, UNLV at Notre Dame. At Notre Dame, what am I missing? What's Fox 5 doing here? You guys got a full docket this week, and it's incredible.
0: And we're going to be at every single event bringing you everything you need to know. Uh, yeah, how about how about UNLV at Notre Dame? And that, that could actually be uh, – who knows what's going to happen in oh. that game, the way the Irish are going, the way UNLV needs a bounce-back week. Uh, but, yeah, uh, I mean, an incredible sports weekend. JT, we've talked about it since I've been here, but, I mean, Vegas is the place to be for not just entertainment but all your sports needs. And, as you know, Fox 5 has you covered every step of the way. I will see you a bunch. Thank you for doing this
1: today, Vince. All the best. Take care.
0: Appreciate you, JT.
1: That's Vince Sapienza. There he is, Fox 5. You, I, I, we should spend some time – A little bit more time on UNLV Notre Dame. I bumped into a couple of individuals last night who are going to that. It's a big trip for UNLV fans, and how could it not be? Notre Dame, when you get a chance with Notre Dame. God, that's a big opportunity, and Notre Dame's not playing great. UNLV's a heavy underdog. I wanted to stop the show and, and make a comment quickly. Last night was the retirement party of our boss here in Vegas, longtime boss and a mentor to me in Tony Benici. And it was over at the Palms in chaos. And I haven't been there in a while. And it was beautiful. Our entire staff here at Lotus put on an amazing surprise party for Tony. If you've been listening to Lotus broadcasting over the decades, you know, from comp to 97, one, the point to all the stations that are here, how important Tony is as a mentor to all of us. So last night was his retirement party. And Kerry Bulbald's brought him in from the Golden Knights. I was supposed to go to dinner, and Tony walked into this unbelievable venue, and it was mind-blowing. He was really surprised. It's good when you have a surprise party, and the guy in charge is surprised. And he came in, and the room was just great. All of the jocks, DJs, the people behind the scenes, the executives who were there, individuals, the owner of the company from out of town. It was a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful event. We had a great time. And, again, I was looking at my phone with the Yankees score, and there were no TVs on in there because that's what you should do at a party. You should have no TVs. Everybody should be there. And we were talking to Don Logan of the Aviators are there, and John Sassenti, my good friend, who was there from the Vegas Bowl, and all all the people that were in town. And to see Tony and his wife Linda come into the room and see such a family— And a beautiful presence in that room was really special. So we had a good time last night. It was a lot of fun. Tony will be around. He will always be around for me as a mentor, someone I could text on any issue, radio or off air, ask for advice, and Tony's always been there for me. So congratulations for 40 unbelievable years for Tony Benici, and uh, we'll have a great time with him going forward, as I know we will. Vic Taffer joins us on a busy day, uh, coming out of practice and what's going on Vic here because attendance, I need you to be principal and tell me who is attending practice today. How are you? Still
4: feel good, man. Uh, so no Darren Waller. looks like he'll be out this week. He told, uh, Jim Trotter yesterday, mm-hmm. he thought he wouldn't be out a long time, but it was kind of doubtful he's going to get back, uh, with his hamstring for this week's game. and uh, then I guess the other no-show today was Hunter Renfro, which is kind of weird. He was there yesterday. So, uh. Those are the two notable uh, guys that weren't there today.
1: Vic, how are you covering this Waller story again? He's a thoroughbred athlete, and you know you've been covering the Raiders a long time. If you have something with a hamstring and you pop it or tear it, you're gone, and it could be lingering for a long time. So, how the Raiders are handling this, and what Waller is going to tell us about this injury down the road?
4: Yeah, it's tough. Like you said, those are kind of just don't rush back from, and obviously it was kind of bugging him uh, before the year started. So. Uh, he says he's doing all right. As we told Jim Trotter, I think uh, Foster Moreau should be back this weekend. That'll definitely help a lot as far as uh, the offense. Both, you know, in the passing game and also blocking in the run game. So if Moreau is back, that kind of um, reduces the, the you know the sting from not having a waller.
1: Vic Taper, senior writer for the Athletic. Great job covering the Raiders in the NFL. So walk me through Nate Hobbs as you were there in Kansas City. Comes back from the injury, looked like a soft cast or whatever he was playing with, and then the decision to put him on short term IR.
4: Yeah, tough kid. Obviously, he wants to play. He definitely brings them a lot of uh, kind of a feistiness to that defense. Definitely one of the key guys. One of the few, or really only a few playmakers they have on that side of the ball. And he wanted to play. He played, but I think long term is best to have the surgery, get it fixed up, and ideally he's back in, in four or five weeks. Hopefully, there's a stretch drive. Yeah, that's important at that point.
1: Yeah, I agree with you, Vic. What's interesting is the rest of that cornerback room in the secondary and what they're going up against. I think this is a good matchup because Houston doesn't have an explosive quarterback here, but it could get scary if you're going up against these quarterbacks that are coming up down the road. I think the break they get in the schedule here from experienced, great quarterbacks such as Patrick Mahomes, they don't have Josh Allen or Aaron Rodgers or the veterans there, I think this is a time where the Raiders could get through it, but you never know. Houston might want to take advantage of that in their scheme.
4: Definitely, it helps to get to Averett back. He should be back this week. He's been out for four weeks. He's a guy that got from the Ravens. Definitely adds some speed to that secondary. He's a quick guy, so I think definitely kind of yeah. You, know, you hate to lose Hobbs, but at least you get a guy back who's a veteran guy can help you kind of you know withstand the uh, the load.
1: Yeah, Vic, well, you just told us about Waller not being out there again. This is a really important red zone game, I believe, because they give up over 400 yards a game, but they're top five when it comes to points allowed. They're only giving up 19.8, and that's an interesting number because as long as I've known you, that's the number I'd like to see the Raiders get to, not giving up 28, 26, 25. Someday for the Raiders' defense to give up less than 20 a game, that's what they're running into against the Houston Texans. What do you see from this team and what they're doing defensively?
4: Yeah, they got a really good young secondary. A lot of young players back there. I think Derek Carr mentioned yesterday how they're really fast. They pop out and film with their speed. I think that helps them in the red zone. But clearly a team that has been bend but don't break. But, yeah, know, I think the Raiders have enough talent. With you know, Adams is so hard to cover. He the two guys to open things up for everybody else. So you would think that this might be a week where they can break through against this uh, Texans defense.
1: Vic, from reading all your analysis and your columns at The Athletic, what is your takeaway from the first quarter of the season? It used to be four games with 16. Now we're at five with 17 games. And what has surprised you since traveling to Canton in the preseason and going 4 0 and coming into the season? What do you think has been the biggest letdown so far?
4: I guess just that, you know, the inability to break through. They've had some, a lot of close losses, things that have turned a penalty here or a big play at the end of the game here. Like last time you had the rent throw and I was colliding in that last play of the game, which it could have been a big play that won the game. And been breakdowns. I think, um, I guess the key thing is McDaniels preaches, you know, patience is kind of a process. I mean, you hope he's correct. You hope that these things turn around and after a bye week they start winning these games. Otherwise, it'll be a long year.
1: Vic Taffer as we wrap it up. So, Vic, I, I look at the schedule. I don't look too far ahead, but you do because you have to travel in New Orleans and Jacksonville after that. And I'll assume that if the Raiders obviously win this game, if they put together a good game, the momentum's got to be real going into New Orleans that has a quarterback situation. They're going up against Dennis Allen. They will not have an explosive quarterback considering the slow start for Jameis. And then Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars lost to the Texans 13-6, so they're not playing good football.
4: Yeah, to me, those two games, that road trip, they'll stay back east between games in So Those two games, to me, are now the key to the whole season. you got to win both those games. And both those teams are—they have talent. They're not great teams. But definitely they're definitely solid. The New Orleans a tough place to play and going all the way to Jacksonville – it's never easy, so I think there's talent in both those teams. So if this team is what they say they are, obviously you win this one on Sunday. That's, that's a must. But you have to go into those two games and win those two tough games on the road. That'll get you back to where you can think you have a chance the rest of the way.
1: And Vic, tell me about Patrick Graham sitting in front of him at these press conferences and asking questions about his scheme and his development going forward because to his credit, he's got a lot of injuries there. It, it has been a banged-up team from Perryman. Trayvon Merrick and now what we're seeing here with Nate Hobbs. It's tough because they don't have the depth on this roster that they're going to have in years to come. How do you think he's been handling his new role?
4: He's doing all right. I think the one thing he probably hasn't said, which you would like to say, is he's not getting enough of the guys up front in the middle. Obviously, Max is having a great year, and Jones had the flashes last week. Ideally, he can build off of that. But the guy's in the middle of that defense up front. I think he's not getting where he wants out of those guys. Our last game, Hankins was a healthy scratch, so clearly... They're happy with him. So he's more of a bun and in the offseason. He's more of those guys that push up front, help stop the run, and, and build off of that.
1: Thanks, Vic. Appreciate your time coming on practice. Thank you very much. All right, take care. You got it, Vic Tafer right outside the building here as the Raiders are wrapping up practice here. And they'll, you know, what he just said about Hunter Renfro, he, I think he said it was weird or interesting that he wasn't there. I don't know what's going on. And we got Dave Ziegler coming up here, and I'm not going to base the interview on injuries because – there's an injury report. So I hope everybody understand that before I interview Dave. I can't sit here because they, they have an injury report and a the team they're competing against. And he's not going to tip his hand if we're going to see Waller or not. He could be active on game day. He might not be. We'll see what's going to happen with Hunter Renfro. But this is not an interview about injuries. I will mention Nate, Nate Hobbs because he's on IR for four and he's really important there. But it's next man up for this team. And I'm not surprised by that, but what happens when you're a team and you're trying to figure out what the roster is going to look like going forward, when guys get hurt, you can't evaluate them. You can't evaluate a guy, but you can evaluate the secondary going forward. So whoever plays in the secondary, whoever plays as corner, who's ever filling in, you can evaluate that player. And then after three or four games, especially with the situation, as we talk about Averitt or who's going to play, who's going to step in at slot, or play cover cornerback, after a while, you can look at those players and say, you know something, just like Nate Hobbs as a fifth-round pick, that's a player who stepped up when we needed him, and we can build around that player. I think that's really important at this time, and I'll talk to Dave Ziegler coming up on that here in a few minutes about what to do with certain players now that they're going to get an opportunity to play. I'll also ask him about the trade deadline, because that's a big part of his job, how to potentially help improve the team, the road trip. That is coming up as the Raiders go to New Orleans, and then they'll go right to Florida and park themselves in Florida, which I think is a perfect scenario for them right now. Absolutely perfect. So we're going to get to all of this coming up here in a little bit. Dave Ziegler in studio. Stick around for that. 702-365-9200 if you want to jump in now, and we'll try to get your phone call in before him or after him. Uh, Baseball today. Got a lot of baseball, man. I love baseball in October college football as we just talked about with Lee Sterling. Dak is back for the Cowboys and the NBA season is underway and maybe the most recognizable athlete in the world, Ronaldo walks off the pitch for Man United for the last time.
0: Pressure off the edge, into the pocket, lobs one downfield for Adams, at the goal line, over his shoulder, touchdown! Derek Carr racing forward
3: on a beautiful ball for 48 yards.
1: That's Jason Horowitz, the voice of the Raiders. He'll join us from the torch. He says his wife's coming into town, which is fantastic as he's a new member of the Raider broadcast team and family here, JT. Uh, Back with you as we continue, brought to you by the 872 Laborers, led by Tommy White, and how they built the stadium on time, on budget, and safely. Tommy White and the 872 Laborers, we thank them for their partnership here on the show. Dave Ziegler is going to join us in studio here in a few minutes as the Raiders are wrapping up practice. I interviewed Josh McDaniels earlier today. We're going to save that for tomorrow. We'll have that in one of the hours coming up tomorrow along with Raiders Roundtable. Uh, Charles Woodson's in town. There's a lot of VIP football players in town. Uh, Charles Woodson's golf tournament is tomorrow. It's his first one in Vegas at TPC in Summerlin. I'll be out there for that helping out Charles, who's a proud partner of the show. A little bit of Josh McDaniels sound from the presser as he opened up about Houston. He has a lot of respect for this team. Here's what he said Wednesday.
2: So, uh, getting ready for Houston. Um, you know, obviously, this is a, a team that I would say our team doesn't know very well. Um, you know, and in looking at them, uh, Lovey does such a great job of, you know, they're, they're very consistent from one year to the next. I've coached against him and his teams many times. Um, you know, they, they have a very straightforward style. Uh, they're going to play no nonsense football, they're tough, they're physical. Um, they take care of the ball on offense. They create turnovers on defense. They're very good in the kicking game. It's one of the best uh, teams uh, that, we'll, that we'll play uh, in terms of our the challenge in the special teams area. So um, this is going to be an uh, important three days for us to really get familiar with the style that they use, which is different than what we've seen so far, uh, especially on defense. Um, got some really good players, uh, young players offensively, Pierce, Mills. Collins, uh, of course, we know Cooks, um, but they, you know, they got a number of players that can make big plays on offense. Two really good returners that are tough to tackle, um, you know, one in the kickoff return area, the other one in the in a punt return, and then defensively, um, you know, this is a team that creates a lot of negative plays in the running game, uh, can turn the ball over, got a lot of pass breakups, one of the leading teams in the league in terms of getting their hands on balls in the secondary. Um, You know, and again, some of that comes with the pressure that they get on the quarterback and the ball's thrown too early. So um, it's a, you know, team coming off of a victory against Jacksonville where they really did a good job of closing that game out. Uh, They've been in a lot of close games like we have. Um, So this will be a big, a big challenge this week.
1: It is a big challenge. And Dave Ziegler joins us, GM of the team. Good to see you, Dave. Yes, and I, we got you tuned up here, so we're good. How was bye week for you? Let's jump in there because I interviewed the coach today, and he talked about seeing his son play high school football. You have a young family. You just moved here. What was it like to get away? Even though you probably didn't get away, you got a lot of work going on.
3: Yeah, a lot of work going on. A lot of self reflection um, from a even from a scouting and personnel standpoint, looking at you know what we've done well, areas we can improve. Uh, looking at the team, you know specifically looking at different areas where we think you know we can um, you know possibly upgrade the team. What players are progressing? You know what players need improvement in certain areas, and so a lot of a lot of, uh, of self reflection in that regard. And then yeah, got to t- got to spend a little time um, with the family, got away for a little bit. Go Kids got to go down a water slide at the at the hotel a hundred times. You know, Carissa got a break, and um, yeah, it was a good time to. to you know, to reset, refresh—it's a—it's a new part of the season, and we're excited to—you um, know—we're excited for the journey here. Let's talk
1: about some early challenges. It was a perfect preseason in regards to the record and what you did in training camp, and then coming in, we knew the schedule was going to be front-loaded, but you take it one game at a time. So mm-hmm. the slow start this year, and reflecting on that, what have you seen?
3: Yeah, well, I think when you look back in um, when you look back at the preseason specifically, and and I know like there was a different set of players playing, but when you look at that, uh, if you look at those games individually one thing that stands out are low penalties and no turnovers and those were the things that show up in every game regardless of it's a preseason game a scrimmage or a regular season game those are keys to victory and I would say when you look at uh, when you look at our first four games um um you know, the, 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 games that we, you know, we've had issues in, you see high penalties and you see turnovers. And so I think those are the, you know, those are the, the, the little things that we need to continue to to clean up, continue to focus on because the margin um, to win a game here, it's, it's so tight yeah. and you give a freebie away or you go, you know, you get, you get a holding penalty and it's first and 20, you know, those are just, they're, they're difficult things to overcome when you're playing good football teams. And, and we did a, uh, we've done a, we did a better job of that in the preseason. Um, um, than, what, than what we've done here at the you know, first half of the season, or first quarter of the season.
1: Dave Ziegler joins us, the GM. So I was talking to Josh McDaniels a couple of weeks ago, and he said even at the Charger game, you're on the phone, you're looking at injuries, you're always thinking ahead. One of your many strengths here. I want to start with the injuries, and nothing specific going into uh, Houston, obviously, but Nate Hobbs goes on IR. Mm-hmm. You look at that room, and when you're thinking about improving the team going forward, what is that like for you in your position with your team, your scouts, and how you figure out who you want to look at?
3: Yeah, um, it's a good question. A lot of it is, you know, again, system fit, Mm -hmm. you know, what what the skill set of some of the players are and how do they fit the scheme that we're running and then who's available that has that skill set that fits that scheme. Um, you know, there's a, there's an element of, you know, a familiarity to, um, players that, that, that you've worked with possibly that know the system that can come in and there's a more seamless transition mm-hmm. because we're in the regular season. We play every Sunday and, you know, there's an element of that that you look for too. And so, um, but it goes back, um, the other aspect is going back to the traits of the players that are there again, from a, a skill set standpoint, but also intelligence, also character and who's going to come in and kind of be able to run, uh, run, run with it quickly and um, progress and grow quickly. And so those are the things that we look for. And, and you know, Champ and, and DJ and, and those guys do a great job of just staying on top of the league, say, staying on top of who's on different practice squads um, that may be an upgrade, guys that are on the street. Uh, and that's where, you know, constantly working out players to see if we can, you know, find someone that can that can help us in one way or another. When I look at the team now with the trade deadline, you're always wanting to
1: improve the team. What is your background with that from former teams you worked with? Because it's really different in the NBA. Fans go crazy at the trade deadline mm-hmm. because there's salary dumps of this. You can maybe pick up a team. It's not really like that in the NFL from my history covering the sport. A lot of times this team stand pat and they go with what they have. How challenging is this if you look to upgrade the team? Well, you got to make some hard decisions.
3: Yeah, it's challenging, and I've been involved in a few trade deadline, um, some trades at the deadline in, in in the past, and it's difficult because uh, when you're looking at the NFL, one um, draft picks are so valuable, yeah, and so uh, a lot of, you have to find the right team. If someone's willing to give up a pick for a player, they have to be in a position where they feel like they can give up a pick. So that's one thing. The other aspect is salary and and what type of salary you're taking on, um, how many years are left on that contract, and then what does that equate to the value of the player? A player on the last year of his contract that's going to be an eight-game rental is going to be um, hopefully less expensive than a player that has two years left on the contract. And then they have to be a system fit. And so it's it's the NFL, it's difficult to find a, a match yeah. a lot of times in a trade because there's so many different elements that have to, have to come together and then again you have to find the right player that can come in and seamlessly fit and a lot of trade deadline deals we've seen it in the past there's been some years where there's been some big receivers traded typically you don't get the return on the investment mm. especially for skill players right. and the reason being if you think about the, the continuity that's developed throughout the preseason a quarterback a receiver a quarterback a tight end a running back working with the offensive line when you just play and dump a player in that situation. It usually takes three or four weeks for for them to get acclimated, and then you're almost to the you know to the end of the season. And so you really have to find the right fit. I've been in some. I've been involved in some that have been successful, and I've been involved in some that just took too long.
1: Right. Dave Ziegler is our guest. So when you got here, you extended Max and Hunter and Waller Carr traded for Devontae. Those were huge deals in, in regards to getting the right players locked up and then paying them and taking care of them as you look to the players that you're going to bring down the road eventually. So that's an interesting challenge and something that you embrace. And I really like the way you've handled this. You rewarded the players that you want to build around as you're always evaluating this roster. So the evaluation process, I'm sure people ask you about that all the time because you're looking ahead to years to come, but you want to beat the Texans this week.
3: Yeah, it's a constant. We meet every week on two thousand twenty three. Yeah, and what the roster is shaping up to be, uh, where where our holes are going to be, um, what, how does that equate to what's going to be possibly available in free agency. Uh, how does that equate to what we think is going to be available in the draft? And so there's a – for for me specifically in my group, um, there's a consistent look to 2023. And, and every and every move that we make, um, it, we talk about what's going to be the impact in 23. Mm-hmm. Um, as you know, this year there was uh, – we came in and I think we had about 38 players under contract, which was I think the third lowest in the league at the time. So we had to acquire a lot of players just to fill out the roster. Now, the goal going forward is drafting successfully, developing players here successfully, whether there were undrafted guys or guys that are on the practice squad that we feel um, can fill a role in year two, and continue to build the roster where we're not we're getting out of that cycle mm-hmm. of having to you know re-sign 40 players every year because um, it's just difficult, yeah, you know, when you're, when you're bringing players in from all over the place to fit in your system, um, as we've done this year, there's a level of assimilation that takes place and there's a lot of learning that takes place. And, um, you know, so we're going to hopefully continue to develop and draft well and, and have this roster filled out where eventually we get to the point where free agency is two or three players, you know, yeah. that fill a direct need and, um, you know, have a more, I guess, concentrated and focused approach. Let's
1: get into O-line development. I've been fascinated by this since we talked in Canton about it. You knew you were going to go with seven or eight guys. You had to. Yep. That, that's the situation you were in. Now that you've pared it down to what looks like uh, the five or six you're going with, how proud are you with these players that have stepped up? Harnum, what we're seeing on the edge at right tackle with Munford. How are they developing in your plan and what you thought of originally?
3: Yeah, uh, they've done a great job. Yeah. We've been very excited with... Um, the development of the offensive line. And, and again, uh, there, there's going to be ups and downs, but the group that's uh, the group that been playing has played together. Mm-hmm. Um, the assignment, they played good assignment football, and that's a big part of it is just go, doing the right thing, going to the right guy, um, uh, understand where the blitz is coming from, the right blitz pickup. And, and I think this group, Alex Bars has stepped in and done a really nice yeah. job um, in terms of executing his assignments. Been very excited about Dylan. Um, Dylan's played started at two positions already as a Rookie, one being center, which is really difficult yeah, to do. Something. And, you know, he's shown um, good ability in both the run and the pass, and, and Thayer's came along nice too. Um, he's getting a very valuable experience as a rookie going against some of the top edge rushers in the league. And and, and, and I think he's done a good job of embracing the challenge, and, and he's really committed himself. I would say just um, weight room, diet practice habits. Thayer's done a really good job with that, and so um, this group is playing hard. They're playing together. We've ran the ball very successfully in the last two weeks, and uh, that's a tribute to those guys and what they've done on the practice field and the extra work that they put in during the week. Let's go to the defensive line because Max
1: is having an incredible year, and you knew that and that's why you extended him. You brought in Chandler Jones. I thought he played better in the last game as he's trying to get going here, and then the interior of your defensive line. What are you seeing as you evaluate the defensive line, especially going in to a game like this the coach said this is a smash mouth game they don't do a lot of exotics they just want to run right at you and they're going to run it and they're going to defend the run
3: yeah and, and, and we've had our moments i think we've been um, for the most part more successful defending the run um, than not we got off to a slow start against Tennessee um, which hurt us but um, those guys inside I think overall have done a good job Bilal Nichols has done a good job um, Andrew Billings has really you know made a commitment in the offseason to his body and, and, and staying in shape and, and cutting weight and he's really made a good commitment to that and has given us some positive plays and you know Neil Farrell has stepped up the last couple games which is good to see um, and he's gotten some work uh, um, he's gotten some work in, during the regular season games which have been valuable for him so you know the, I think those guys have done a good job. Um, There's room for improvement there, and we'll continue to look for that. And then on the edge, um, Chandler and and Max garner a lot of attention. Chandler garners a lot of attention. There's a lot of chips coming his way. There's a lot of... um, uh, pass protections being slid his way, which obviously has opened up things on the other side for Max Chandler's also done an outstanding job here the last couple weeks in the run game, and that's not the sexy that's not the sexy part that the that you know the outside world necessarily looks in. Mm-hmm. He set the edge, uh, forced runs inside, defeated blocks, made tackles in the run game. He's been the three down a three down player, which is what we were hoping to add when we brought him. Um, you know he had a better week last week in terms of the pressures, and you know Chandler just he continues to work at his craft, and, and you know, it'll just be a matter of time you know before um, you know those sexy stats in terms of the sacks and things like that come but um, we're proud of what he's doing and you know he'll continue to get better.
1: Dave the fans here it's really fun on radio that the fans are trying to find out what is this team about what is the strength and I look at it I love the passing game but I love what Josh Jacobs has done Since Josh and you're evaluating him every game, he's really exploded the last couple of weeks. I'm a Devontae guy when Darren Waller's healthy and what Hunter can do when healthy. And then you have Max Hollins and what you can do with Foster Moreau. I still look at this offense and say, I can't wait for it to really click because there's been some explosive plays. What are you optimistic about with this offense once it gets really rolling?
3: Yeah, I think, one, we have to get healthy. Yeah. You know, and, and again, because of the lack of health, um, the lack, you know, there's a continuity that's, you know, still developing and needs to be built. But um, I'm excited because I think when we, when we, when we get that group healthy, um, we just have a lot of explosive playmakers, and we have a lot of opportunities to move the football. We have a lot of opportunities to spread the football around to different people to make plays. Um, hopefully to take some attention off, you know, some of the guys like Devontae that's constantly getting doubled yeah. and things of that nature. And Josh has just been tremendous. Josh is, uh, Josh is a football player in every sense of the world. He loves the process. He loves to practice. He loves to work out. Uh, he takes care of his body. He's done an excellent job with ball security. Um, and, and he's he's obviously running hard and playing physical. So it's been um, it's been a joy to watch him, watch his development, and and just see what type of football player he is. Monday, I would say Monday through Saturday. Yeah. And and, and that's oftentimes where the games are won, um, is Monday through Saturday, and the preparation that, that needs to go into it. And so uh, there's a lot. There's a high ceiling with this offense. I think we've started to form, a, a, you know, a bit of an identity the last couple weeks, and and hasn't been perfect. Still have room to grow. We need to make plays in critical moments, mm-hmm. and that's what we haven't done. I mean, right. plain and simple, we haven't executed in, in some of the critical moments in the red zone, um, a couple critical moments in the game where we could have put the game away. Um, and you know, a, again, we're not shying away from that. That's, that's the reality of it, and that's why we're 1-4. in and, and so we need to keep continuing to improve.
1: Wrapping it up with Dave Ziegler, big-picture NFL storylines. Are you surprised? Is it parody? You look around, you see some of the teams that are struggling – You're struggling here, looking to turn it around. Just big picture when you watch some of these games, some of these scores, teams that you think are going to win, and then they struggle. It's the Jets and the Giants in New York. Tampa Bay's not flowing as they have uh, the Cowboys winning without Dak and getting him back. Just what you're noticing with the league this year from a distance.
3: Yeah, the one thing you see is scoring's down. Yeah. Um and, and so, you know, why that is, we we really haven't pinpointed that yet. We're we we're researching it, we're looking into it. We want to understand why. Um, I think as we get a bigger sample size, you know, we'll, we'll we'll come to some more conclusions on that. But there is a lot of parity and uh, a lot of teams, of those teams have drafted well. Um, that hadn't, you know, they hadn't been good for a while. They had high draft picks and, and they've hit on some of those. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think you know that 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 's you know a tribute to them and why we 've had some of those teams that haven 't had success in the past have been playing good football here at the beginning and and I think again it, it just shows like every week is so difficult to yeah. win that the level of execution uh, the small things ball security penalties. Uh, making the right read, doing your assignment, that, that matters, you know, and, and those are the things that um, we have to continue to get more consistent in. And when we do, um, the wins will come. I mean, that's just how it works. And so every week's a battle, every week's about your execution, and I can't emphasize enough, um, its it goes into what you do Monday through Saturday. And, and our group's really done a good job of developing in that area and growing in that area. And I'm excited in the direction that the team is going.
1: Last one, what have you learned about the community Here in Vegas, since you've come here with this great position with your family and you moved across country, what have you noticed about Vegas? This building, outside the building, when your wife and yourself are going around town and meeting the Raider Nation and just people in your community, what have yeah. you noticed
3: about Vegas? Yeah, in, in the building, uh, just a, a lot of um, we have we've we've said it before. We have a lot of good people here. We have a lot of people that have a positive mindset um, that love coming to work every day and that work hard every day. When you're one in four, it's easy to go the the you know it's easy to go in the tank, um, and it takes a lot of mental toughness and it takes the right culture within the building to stay. Positive, and continue to per- push forward and progress. So that's been um, uh, you know a great thing to see um, here in the building, out in the community. Um, there's some they're passionate fans. Yeah, it's a passionate fan base. I love uh, I love going into the stadium uh, when we're home. I like seeing them on the road. It's just that it's an energetic group. It's a group that's you know, hungry for winning, uh, and, and, and they love the Raiders. And that's been really fun to see. And in the community, we've already just met a lot of good people, uh, a lot of good families. Um, the, the school that our kids are at, Lamping Elementary School. Um, great teachers, you know, uh, a a really good school system there. We've been excited about that. And uh, again, a lot of people that are just really supportive, and we've made some good relationships already. And we're excited to be here and, you know, excited to, um, we're excited to see this team, you know, go in the direction here as in this long term vision of of building a consistent winner and just seeing the excitement around the franchise when, when we start doing that. Thanks for making time for us today, Dave. Thank you. Appreciate you. You
1: got it. Dave Ziegler, when we come back, we'll wrap it up. 702-365-9200. You're listening to the flagship of the Raiders, Raider Nation Radio.
2: You want to be honest at the end of the day. Being honest is being honest. If it was the best you could do and, you know, you get outmanned on a certain play, sometimes the guy's going to be stronger than you. You know, if you're an old lineman and, you know, some, sometimes you're going to be a little bit more athletic if you're a wide out or whatever. So you got to be real with yourself at the end of the end of the day. And if that was your best effort and the best that you can possibly do, then sometimes you got to live with it, come back, and, and fight another day.
1: There he is, Devontae JT. Thanks to Dave Ziegler for coming in studio today. I thought that was a really good, candid conversation with him. And when we have these conversations with a GM that I've had over the years, what I hope everybody kind of understands, and I try to do that with the questions, is it's week to week. It's absolutely week to week. You want to win games. You want to win games. But his plan is pretty obvious to me. And it might not be obvious to everybody, and we have differing opinions on that. His plan is a big, big picture plan. On how to get this thing to where he used to work at the Patriots, to have everybody dialed in, everyone locked in on practice, film, preparation, dedication to do their job, and all of that. And some players are going to do it, and others have to get better at it. That's all it is. It's really that simple. The elite teams do it that way. And he's come from that. And you see, and I could feel it when you sit down with him and you look at him. That's what he wants. You got injuries. Guys aren't playing, guys are trying to get healthy, and all that comes together week to week. But the process that he has is a really good, solid core process. I like the process. I believe in it. I believed in it when the Patriots were doing it back there. Now people question, well, former Patriot coaches, how does it work on the field on game day? That's a work in progress. But Dave Ziegler's sharp. He's super sharp, and I know Raider fans get that with him. And what he's trying to do and how they're evaluating players going forward. He spoke really highly of Josh Jacobs. We all know that he didn't pick up Josh Jacobs' fifth-year option. And that decision will be made. But he talked very highly of his skill set but his effort and what he does Monday to Saturday. I thought the big takeaway from our conversation is Monday to Saturday. They really want players and they want an organization that is great Monday to Saturday. And then they can put in place what they want to do on Sunday. And everybody's going to have to get to that level to play at the level that Dave Ziggler wants for players. And again, he, he signed the players and extended the ones that he wanted. But as he said, too, they want to get to the point, and maybe it's next year. It might be two more years where they go into free agency and they don't need six guys. They don't have seven holes. They don't have five holes that they got to look at in free agency. They're just looking at one or two players and the draft, too. Because, you know, we, with the first two conversations I had with him were heavy draft. And he he told me on and off the record what the philosophy was with the draft and the versatile players that they're getting. And you're seeing that with Mumford, who was the seventh-round pick, and you're seeing it with Dylan Parham as they're putting him in a versatile role to play multiple positions. This was a hell of a day. It's a long day already. I interviewed the coach. You'll hear that tomorrow. The GM, which is fantastic to have him there, and all of our insiders. So we appreciate Vic Taffer, who came on, Vince Sapienza, and Mark Vandermeer. The voice of the Texans as they come into town. So that's a hell of a day. Hell of a show. And Charles Woodson's in town, and I'm going to see him tonight and have myself an ice-cold Modelo with the fighting spirit and maybe a Woodson bourbon whiskey tonight. But it is a school night. We'll be back tomorrow. And big day tomorrow with Charles Woodson's golf tournament here as Charles comes to TPC Summerlin. Have a great rest of the day. Q's on deck. He's got a big show lined up today. Thanks for listening, everybody, from Raiders headquarters. I greatly appreciate it.